Welcome to episode 10 of Teach Me Tiger. You know, if you see a woman give birth and are not totally odd, and, you know, if you don't feel a sense of, like, the power and the strength and then continue to worship this person, then you haven't been paying attention. You missed out. Yeah. So, better luck next time. I don't know. Like, it's just... <laughs> you fucking idiot. Bigger yeah, You fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Teach Me Tiger Podcast, where you send us questions, and we call on our smartest pals to help us answer them. Thanks for stopping by. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We're your favorite neighbors, Melody Starkweather and Sarah Wright. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Mel. This week, we have a super exciting episode. We have four guests for a total of six people in the studio. Six people in our studio apartment. We ain't even got that many mics, girl. Yeah, four mics, six guests, two two gals, four guys. It's our lucky day. Is beep, it beep, ever? Beep, 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 beep. Look out, world! <laughs> it's a data sode, right? Data sode. Data sode. Now would be a really good time to play some Kim Mitchell, actually. Don't you think? Patio lanterns. <laughs> well, BBQing. Dads love barbecues and Kim Mitchell. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All dads. Yeah, all yep. dads. Yeah, I want to point out. This is a super heteronormative episode. Yes. Calling it a dad episode. We're going to be talking a lot about like the difference between moms and dads kind of tongue in cheek. Um, but I I just want to like put it out there that yeah. there's all kinds of families uh, and we're super aware of that and we're not trying to exclude anyone. This is just the some of the dads we know. Also to that point, if mm-hmm. uh, you're a dad who is not of the heteronormative variety we would love to have you on for the next dad episode so yeah like hit us let's, up. yeah we would love to represent all the dads all the dads all the dad dad dads i have two dads but I, but i also have a mom so you know yeah Oops. cool two dads cool. i wish i could say that yeah it's pretty great <laughs> i'm super lucky hashtag blessed double dad double dad Ooh. Yeah. i think that's a channel on pornhub <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah. How was your week, Mel? My week was great, I think. It's really hot, really sweaty. It's hard to think. When you hear this, this will be a a memory this day. But if you'll look way, way, way back to a few weeks ago when it was Canada Day weekend Uh and it was plus 40 fucking five degrees or whatever. That's where we are right now. Yeah, it's very hot. It's very sweaty. We're in the past. We're very glisteny. Yeah, we're glowing. Yeah. Fuck sweaty. We're glowing. I'm glowing. Profusely from our underarms and mustache areas. (laughs) That's accurate. Yes. I love the mustache (laughs) sweat. It's my favorite. It's so not my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mm. my most unfavorite kind Mm. of sweat is the mustache sweat. Or under boob sweat. 
That's, that's pretty one. gross too. Yeah. 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 And between boob sweat even. Ooh, yeah. And then if you wear a low cut shirt and you're working outside and you're all sweaty between your boobs, you get like dirt in there. Yeah. So you get like sort of like brown trails, you know? Yeah. In well, and I, I really get the brown, like the mustache because you get the sweaty mustache. Right. You're working outside. You're you get wiping dirty it off. Hands. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're like, oh, I got a dirt stash. It's kind of We like all love a good up. dirt stash. Everyone loves dirt stash. Dirty stash. Dirt stash. Dirty stash. Yeah. So since this is the data sode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, it's a very heteronormative episode this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought, well, the last episode when we chatted with Liz Cooper, photographer extraordinaire, we were talking about how there's nothing that heterosexual men love more than dick pics, but period blood. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I'd like to introduce the episode with an ode to my vagine Yay. for all of the men out there. If you're a lady and you're not interested in lady bits, you just skip ahead about two minutes, okay? Yeah. yeah. So I got a diva cup. Yeah, girl. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Tell us. Well, I got the kind that vibrates. <laughs> just <laughs> wah, kidding. Wah. I wish. I wish. Um, it's great. It does its job. Yeah. Okay. So just to catch your period blood. To catch your period blood. But it comes out so in you a can little. Save it silicone measuring cup it literally has the measurements so you can see how much you've lost that's cool yeah and you just dump it in the toilet give it a rinse pop it back in there there's literally no mess at all and i don't have to have all of that bleachy plastic garbage crap going into the um landfill see you later yeast infection chris told me i'm not allowed to flush my tampons anymore also have you been flushing your tampons my entire life oh my not the applicator you've been flushing tampons hold it (gasps) What? No. It's cotton. You're not allowed to flush tampon. You well, know what a I, tampon does inside your body? It gets bigger. That's true. Imagine it's a small pipe. Is your your vagina is like a pipe? It's a bigger pipe than probably the. I've come to fix the pipe. <laughs> it's a huge pipe. Let's get real. <laughs> Let's get real. Prank. <laughs> oh, and the other thing about that region of my body was that I went to the beach for the first time recently. Mm-hmm. Put on my bathing suit, got in the water, feeling yeah. great, cooling mm-hmm. off. And I look down and there's like uh, a mess a, a of forest. pubic hair coming out both sides of my bathing suit. So I was feeling really like cool and free about my body hair, you know, empowered by our discussion with Kim Angel McCormick and Justine Cruz Campo. I was like, you know what, man? Fuck it. My, my body husband has doesn't hair. care. I don't care. But then I went to the beach and mm-mm, I don't mm-hmm. like it. Kids, kids don't need to see that. Kids don't need to see your pubic hair. No. Anyway, so that's my, those are my tales of my vagina. Tell me about yours, Sarah. How's my your vagina, vagina My this vagina, week? she's good. She's doing well. She's really good. Uh, I think she's on her way home from Australia. Oh. Now, if you're not a regular listener, then fuck you. No. Uh, my vagina's been on a trip to Australia for, what, how old's my baby? <laughs> Eight months. I think, I think she might be coming home soon. Cool. Coming, coming for a little visit. Just a little, little busy. Yeah. She's Airbnb. been homesick. She's been a little homesick. <laughs> Ew. Uh, I'm done personifying my vagina today. What's her name? Ooh. Uh, well, for a while, she was Vaginosaurus Rex. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt, like, peaceful again, so... I didn't name her, but I'm back to uh, the self-empowering, don't fuck with me, Vaginosaurus Rex. Nice. Because I've been really um, 
standing up for myself lately. Nice. And she's yeah. got teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's extinct. <laughs> oh. But uh, if you find a good piece of amber with a with a mosquito in there, turn it into a dildo. You could bring her back to life. <laughs> right. So, Sarah, Yo. I wanted to talk about our little summer break, our Teach Me Tiger. Oh, yeah. Break, break, break. Break ish. Because summer be crazy. Because summer be crazy. We're going to take a little break from coordinating with fancy experts for Mm -hmm, the next mm -hmm. few episodes. We will still be bringing you episodes, but it's just going to be Sarah and me and maybe our neighbors if they're free. Yeah. Just be us. Just chatting. And we'll teach you about some of the things we know. Yeah. Like chickens, slaughtering chickens. We're going to do the dating nightmares episode. Eating chickens. Mm, We're hoping to do a ghost stories episode. Scary chickens. Headless chickens. Headless chickens. So send us some ghost stories that would be really super fucking awesome. You should call our number, 1-833-TEACH-US, 832-2487. Tell us about your scary chickens. Tell us your ghost stories. <laughs> we want ghost stories. We want terrible dating stories. They're the same thing. Maybe you dated a ghost and it was awful, or maybe it was great. Tell us about it. If you dated a ghost and it was awful, please call in. We'll give you a special prize. We will give you can you come a- on the show. Be a celebrity for a day in my basement. (laughs) So we have a bunch of guys coming in. Hot dads. Hot dads. Hot dads. Summer in the city. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Getting in the basement. Man, we look so pretty. So, should hey, we get guys. started? Let's do this. Welcome, Let's do it. gentlemen, men, gentlemans, gentlemans. <laughs> so today we're doing the dad episode. We sure are. We have with us a panel of dads, and not just any dads. Feminist dads, amazing, beautiful feminist dads who are totally being our allies and rocking our socks off and washing our socks while they do laundry. Like any good feminist dad should. That's right. Wash my socks off. <laughs> should we do a little round robin? Can you guys want to introduce yourselves so people know your voice? This is Greg. Greg Aarons. How, How many, many ki- kids do you have, Greg? Four at least. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Kaj Koblalik. I have five boys. Yeah. Yowza. Yeah. I'm Chris Chambers, and we have a boy and a girl. I'm Brent McGuire, and I have a boy. Anthony tells the funniest jokes ever. He does. Oh, He's my gosh. Awesome. He's so funny. Oh, actually, I almost forgot. I wanted to uh, play a little extra intro for Brent. Uh-oh. This is my dad, Brent McGuire, and he's super cool. <laughs> Hi, this is my son, Anthony, and he's super cool. No, you're cool. No, you're super cool. <laughs> no, you're cool. 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 No, So this is Brent. I hear he's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my God. My heart just melted. That's special. No, you're cool. No, you hang out. <laughs> we totally didn't rehearse that at all. Yeah, it's, that sounds Are you lying? Totally, yeah, yes, I'm totally lying. 
Nice. Way. I just I tried to give an introduction on the phone, and then Anthony found out what I was doing, and he needed to be involved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, you're both dramatic. Yeah. Fellas, yeah. theater, theater fellas. I've seen Anthony on those kindergarten plays. I was oh, yeah. there. I, yeah. I've seen He's it. a force to be reckoned with. He for is. Sure. <laughs> Fantastic. So normally we would do icebreakers. Icebreakers. However, there's too many dads, too many hands to reach into my box today. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to play the song anyway because it's so good. Yeah, we really like it. <laughs> it's one of our dads. Great. Hit it. <laughs> Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks. Reach Today we're not gonna reach into Melody's box. Icebreakers. I'm gonna be honest. I feel a little let down. That you're not reaching into Melody's box. We don't get to reach into Melody's box. I thought that was like the point of coming onto the show. I know. I know. Yeah, that's a perk. It's yeah, a real perk. Yeah. It's not fair Can, to just take. Do we that get away to see me. Melody's box? At least? Yeah, let's all look yeah. at your box, Mel. Yeah. Let's just see. It's behind you. <laughs> It's underneath oh, you. Oh, wow, it's fancy. Nice box. Eh? Yeah. It's a fancy box. Yeah. It's a big box, right? Yeah. Ever fancy box. Um, but we will ease into our more serious questions with some icebreakery dad questions. Just like we'd ease into your box? Yeah. Right. Perfect. Just <laughs> ease in. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, what's your favorite thing to do with your kids? Go. We'll start Go, again with Greg. Wrestling, I guess. Wrestling is fun, yeah. Cash. Whatever they want to do with me. <laughs> Seriously. Easy. Easy peasy. Yeah. What a guy. Chris? I like a structured activity of some sort, like a puzzle or going to a specific destination because I have trouble with uh, what you call um, like unstructured play. Like free it, play? It, 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 it's disinteresting to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please <laughs> honest. Yeah. Um, I would have to say... Singing and dancing would probably be the funnest thing to do with Anthony. Oh my god, it's fun. I want to hang out with all you guys. I'm going to be your kid. (laughs) Oh, it's weird because... I thought we do hang out. Yeah, Yeah, right. That's what we're doing right right now. We're we're right here. Right. You can hang out with us right now. And we do sing and dance together sometimes. We do. That's true. One word, guys. Karaoke. Karaoke! Why are we just... Oh. Fuck it. This is a karaoke episode. We have episode. the mics. We okay. have the headphones. Let's okay. just go. What song do we all know? <laughs> I know. I know what song we all know. It's, um... Let it go. No. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. Bing. Smash. Yes. <laughs> wow. We're so good. That was amazing. You want to do the next one, Sarah? Yeah. I really love this question. This is from our gal pal, Danielle. And uh, she says, do you remember how you felt when you first found out you were going to be a father? I'm going to start with you, Brent. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Um, Tell us a bit about that. We were trying for baby. Actually, when we found out that Sarah was pregnant, we were actually building a fireplace uh, with rock and we were moving stuff. And Sarah was trying to move a whole bunch of rock. And she was like... God damn it, why can't I move all this rock? I feel so tired and, like, horrible. And then we found out that she was pregnant. And I was actually really... I was I was really excited. We were, tr- we were trying for a while, but then I was very focused on not screwing it up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
like uh, a lot yeah. of pressure. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, you, 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 there's a lot of thoughts there. Like you're not actually. It's not just one. It's not just like one. Like yeah. you're like thinking about it a lot about like what's going to change and how that's going to work and what you want to do and how you want to be and how you're going to yeah. raise this little human. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that's a pretty deep question. Oh, and my Sarah is a different Sarah than the oh. regular Sarah. I feel like we should yeah, clarify different that. Different Sarah. Well. Also awesome, but she ha- wears less jumpsuits than the Sarah. Right, <laughs> right. We're going to change that. If there's anything we do, this That's podcast. That's our one difference. Jumpsuit <laughs> nation. The only jumpsuits. difference. The only difference. <laughs> Chris, how about you? Uh, yeah, I felt pretty ambivalent as I do towards everything. You felt ambivalent? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this like, is my what? husband. He's an asshole, everybody. <laughs> uh, I would say happy but surprised. I, we had expected it would take a number of months to become pregnant. Uh, so we were hoping that we would get pregnant sort of after the honeymoon, but uh, we got pregnant like immediately within... <laughs> Like first a, try a week literally? or so of deciding to try and get pregnant so uh-huh. we figured that it might take six months or eight months or whatever and uh but it was surprising but but definitely just like yeah i'm the man <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah and you know excited and worried and all the other emotions that come along with being an expectant father yeah i love yeah i'm a man <laughs> cash how about you well my oldest, he's 21, um, but he comes from a, my first relationship. Uh, so when when I first found out, it was pretty surprising. Yeah. How uh, old were you? I was 19. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early starter, I guess. <laughs> you know, like like my other fellow fathers here, I had a lot of different emotions and a lot of feelings happening all at once. You know, processing all those feelings. It's it's kind of a job in itself. So, you know, figuring out how to balance all of that along with the reality that, wow, I'm going to have my first child. It's just like, you know, and, and for me, it was definite real, realization that it wasn't about me anymore. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it, it, it was... Uh, Pretty big turning point for me. Was your first kid planned? Mm, no. No. <laughs> no. No. A couple of my children were planned, but, you know, a couple weren't, so... I hear ya. It's, uh, I don't know, mixed bag for me, I guess. Greg, husband of mine. Yeah, I was excited, you know. I was surprised, not that I was going to have a baby, but I was surprised that how I felt about it, how okay it was. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. And all of a sudden, like I'd always wanted kids and I knew that. So I was happy and excited and it uh, kind of made me realize how, uh, what, where my relationship with Sarah was. It was like, it was pretty this is totally okay, which means, you know, this is the person that I'm meant to be with because it's, yeah. I'm not freaking out. And all of the little, like, all of the concerns and the, like, what are we going to do? Like, all of that stuff is on a different plane of thinking, you know, when you're, right. when you're processing something that's really profound. Mm-hmm. It's, that stuff kind of fades away. And, yeah, so I was thrilled and excited. And, and it seemed like, you know, now there was this path in front of me that was becoming solid. And, I mean, although 
it's for a lot of people it's like oh no that's the end of my life for me i it was like oh here's a world of possibility now that is open up to us to me and sarah and stuff it was cool we had started dating only about four months prior to that <laughs> but we had started sleeping together maybe five, five seven months. months prior to that no, about five, five months was that yeah. it oh. yeah also very fertile over here. Fertile and myrtle. <laughs> but I remember, like, I was pretty surprised and upset. <laughs> uh, and I was like, Greg, I have something to tell you. I'm fucking pregnant. Like, crying and freaking out. And he was like, well, it's a bit of a surprise, but if there's anyone that I would want to have this surprise with, it's you. And, like, was all happy and sweet. I thought he was going to, like, break down into tears and be like, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I, I felt like... I feel like that's the other thing too that like when you find out you're like you're going to be a, a dad, you also find out that your your partner is pregnant, and you're going to have a long support period where you're just supporting someone who's pregnant mm-hmm. and not having a kid. And that actually took a lot of thought process and figuring out as well of like, okay, all of a sudden this person's going through a whole bunch of different hormonal changes and like crazy crazy stuff, and like how you're going to support this, and you're used to them being one way, and they turn. <laughs> they turn to the dark side <laughs> like they change <laughs> and uh and also i remember thinking about that a lot as well about like okay how am i going to support and get through get through that before the baby even comes because yeah. there's there's a lot there there's a lot there's a there's, there's a lot of emotion going on a lot of thought yeah and there's a part of you like deep down maybe in your reptile brain that's just kind of like fuck yeah did yeah. it yeah you know? <laughs> yeah my yep. job on this planet is done. <laughs> Nailed it. Literally. Yeah. I think one of the things that it teaches you too, you know, on a more serious note, it, it definitely it definitely taught me how to be selfless with, with yeah. my, my partner. I remember being pregnant and loving like the chivalry that I got from men. They see a belly and take care of you. Yeah. Love it. It's true. Including this guy, my husband. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. We we got married and I was like what seven months pregnant and then went to Thailand for our honeymoon. Yeah. Okay, so we thought it would take me so long to get pregnant because I did a little research and the average I think at thirty is like twelve or thirteen months for couples to get mm-hmm. pregnant. So we thought we had tons of time. I thought I might be a little bit pregnant at my wedding, like Sarah was, right? Well we yeah, we did the similar thing. We kinda just like, well we're like we won't really start to try, but we will stop not trying. Right. Um and uh yeah. Surprise. Um, so I was like very pregnant at my at my wedding. Um, you were so beautiful. Oh thanks. Mm. But yeah, in Thailand, like people couldn't believe it. <laughs> that I was well, first of all, I'm like a six foot tall white lady. Yeah. <laughs> who was super pregnant. You stand out. <laughs> and they're like, they let you on the plane like this. <laughs> yeah, plus we were climbing these giant temples that would have three hundred steps up to the top of a hill where there's like a Buddhist temple at the top. And uh yeah. Mel, you're such <laughs> and, a and it was 105 degrees and 90% humidity. But yeah, I remember uh, crossing the street. And I've actually not known people personally, but known of people who have been killed in Thailand crossing the street because the drivers are crazy. Yeah. And if you are a Westerner and you're used to drivers who pay attention to pedestrians, it can be very dangerous. But I remember starting to cross and Chris being like, and grabbing me back. And mm. then I realized he really cared. That was his <laughs> whole family right there. Life. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Now that he, he implanted his seed, he truly cared. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the chivalry as a pregnant woman, the way people take care of you is, can be really touching and mm-hmm. lovely. 
so lovely. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. Like, you should get support. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's the propagation of the species. It's yeah. it's ingrained. That sounds like a big deal take when you care. put it that way. Yeah. yeah, it should be everybody's job. Everybody's job. All right. Those are beautiful answers, everyone. Mel, would you like But then to once you have the baby, it's like, can you get that baby out of here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's me talking to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why did we have so many dictators? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> We're propagating the earth with our tiny dictators. Yeah. <laughs> tiny uh, dictators. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew I should have named my last one Mao. <laughs> um, so here's another one from Danielle. This is a burning question, you guys. Burning Get a life, yearning. Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> we can't answer all of your questions. <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> okay, Dads. Is it true that you love the barbecue? <laughs> Real question. Chris? I don't I guess. I don't love it. I don't know. It's good. Like, do you mean the food on it? Do you love to barbecue? How often do you barbecue? I mean, if I have a beer and like my vape pen, I guess it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just flipping meat and vaping and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty that's good. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, dads at the barbecue is kind of a weird stereotype, actually. That it is. I, mm-hmm. It is funny, like how that how that actually happened. Is that is it kind of from like the guy was supposed to be like the cutting up the turkey, like carving the turkey, and well, then there's that, that like, one too. Yeah. But like, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Dad's I feel like meat. that's a nightmare carving the turkey. Yeah, let anyone else do that but me. No, thank you. <laughs> I had to YouTube that. Like, <laughs> I had to look it up. And Modern day dad. Yeah, like <laughs> if there's if there's ever any older dad around, I'm like Justin. If no status here, I'm like Justin. You yeah. you do, do the, the honors. honors. <laughs> My father, please, for the love of God, because I don't want to mangle this animal. Every time my father's like, oh, okay, I guess so. (laughs) He's not into it at all. Nobody wants to do it. He does it a lot better than I do. I just make a hacked up mess of basically what pulled pork looks like, but Uh, with turkey. It's pulled turkey this year. Well, I will answer honestly about the barbecue thing, though. The best thing about the barbecue, typically, is that your kids can go up, play outside. Yeah. You can be watching them. You can be hanging out with people. Like, like Sarah and I do that all the time. But we both barbecue probably equally. That's but like, that is the that is the cool thing about barbecuing. Sometimes you're stuck in the kitchen and you have to like yeah, it's like worst. work and you and you can't play and stuff. Barbecuing is awesome because you can usually play with your kids and like talk to people and everybody likes to be outside and it's fun and you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think barbecue is great for everyone. It's not that dads love it specifically. Dads get to do it, though. It's part of the old school masculinity. Mm-hmm. It's very meat centric. You know, yeah, you hunt the meat thing, eh? and yeah. you kill the meat and you cut the meat and then you burn it on a fire. <laughs> and that makes you. And if you can't cook a steak, you're some kind of a fucking fairy. Man. You know, like it's it's just. I've never heard truer words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you wholeheartedly. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's just been co-opted by commercial industry. Yeah. Yeah. And greeting cards and shit. Yeah. Do you love to barbecue catch? I do. (laughs) Yeah. But see, the thing is, I do probably, you know, at least two thirds of the cooking, sometimes three quarters, but I'm fine with that because I like cooking anyways, like. I like making people feel happy that way. I mean, if I can make them feel good with my food, then, oh, winning. 
<laughs> Hello, winning. Like, and, and, you know, for me, barbecuing, that's just a part of that. You yeah. know, I like, I don't see it as masculine or, or, you know, um, only a male oriented sort of role. When my wife wants to cook, she's gonna cook and I'm grateful then, you know, like it, it doesn't bother me either way. But I, yeah, I do like barbecuing. It's simple, you know, it's fast. Come on. And when you're outside. I, yeah. Yeah. That, and you know, like my man Chris said over there with a beer, come on, winning still. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's nice to smoke and cook at the same time. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got all the smoking. smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have some sort of combustion there for sure. Um, yeah. I want, I want Even to, if it's like, from your butt, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to Dad's fart like, a lot. That's the thing, too. Combustion. Yeah, Dad's love combustion. <laughs> as a, a lady, as a lady and a mom, I just wanted to like have a lady's perspective about barbecuing here. A. Number one, um, A and number one, <laughs> number one A. One A. I wasn't taught how to barbecue. My mom never barbecued. The dad's barbecued. And because I'm a gal, I didn't show any interest because I was like, oh, that's for dads. I don't want to stand and do that. And nobody offered to teach me. So I'm not comfortable at the barbecue. I don't know how. You were knitting knitting common. napkins I was for the barbecue. Knitting sanitary napkins. <laughs> Can I give you my spin on that? My my dad left at around age 12 or so like he didn't yeah. leave our lives but no he didn't ever there was no teaching me how to use the barbecue so yeah. i think by the time i was like 13 my mom was just like i'm gonna fire up the barbecue and you're gonna give some stuff a try perfect <laughs> basically just That's threw great. me on it so Maybe, I, but, but for but some reason were, i was your the sister? one who, no uh, yeah even my mom was just like i'll shove the boy toward Here. the barbecue yeah. and maybe we'll see what He'll he can know come what up to with because he has a penis <laughs> well, uh there, there's another there's number one b which is actually number two c uh, is that like as a woman with kids and a little baby, I don't like if I'm going to barbecue, I have to be standing in front of a hot thing with flames. And what if my baby needs me? Like I can't do it. You know, I have to be accessible to the little people usually for the amount of time it takes to like barbecue the meal. So it's kind of like male centric in that regard. And I feel like the guys get to go out barbecue the meat this is not like our situation Greg but you know like the woman stays in the house mm. makes the sides and makes the salad and sets the table and does all this stuff and keeps the kids whatever and all the things and the guy goes out with his beer and his smoke and like cooks some sausages and then everyone's like oh dad you made dinner it's the best dad's the best you did this perfectly I think it's all this dinner cred everything you said I can do that all by myself Ugh. renaissance yeah. man well, Renaissance man. You know, I, with these stereotypical gender roles, I don't, I don't agree with them. They're just in the way and just a time waster. Like my, my, li my life as a father, as whatever, a brother, as an employee or as a business person, whatever, that takes up enough time. You know, I don't, I don't need to be thinking about, oh, I gotta be this, this and this, you know, because society says so. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I, I, I've been lucky too with, with my partner, Jenna. Um, uh, we've had a pretty solid relationship. We've been together almost, well, over 20 years now. So, um, you know, that's a good while to get to, 
to know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, I don't know. It's been a, I've learned a lot from my wife. Um, she's been a phenomenal teacher, like, you know, for me not to, to give her props on that. Yeah. Ah, sin. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. Cheers to my wife, you know. You're here. Yeah. To wives. To wives. Yeah. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. To, to mothers. Oh, yeah. yeah. For they, sure. They mothers. All the way. <laughs> okay, so I have a clip. Greg. I had the kids uh, tell me what's the difference between mom and dad. And I thought <laughs> it had to be funny. Um, I caught them a little off guard. They had no time to really think about it. So. Yeah. But then you get their knee-jerk, you get their knee-jerk honest like, reaction, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's hear it. So what's the difference between mom and dad? My mom cleans the toilet. My dad doesn't. My mom cleans more than my dad, but my dad builds more than my mom. This is all the time and dad doesn't. Mom is smart, funny, and strong in a different way. Dad is strong on the outside. Goofy and kind of a brat. He's smart, but yeah. Me and my mom take care of chickens and ducks. Me and my dad build stuff. And that's the difference between my dad and my mom. So they're pretty different, but they both love us. Well, mostly me. So that's the difference between mom and dad. Bye. So, Greg, first of all, I think your kids threw you under the fucking bus. They dude. really did. <laughs> they did. But yeah, let me say like, a couple I wonder things. If, if you'd asked them the question, how they would have answered. <laughs> yeah, they would have yeah. been like, well, you're much better looking than mom, dad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you're so yeah, strong. I feel like they were playing to the audience a little I bit. Think they so. were, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, well, Smart come on, kids. guys. Come on. Uh, Greg does tons of dishes. Number one. He does not clean the toilet. That's true. That's an ongoing thing that we're all working on as a family. (laughs) And you take care of the ducks and stuff. Like, I don't know. Greg does lots and lots of stuff. He's great. He's a really great guy. I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. I already quit. But, you know, I really like when Leon said well, that cool. we love Can we have your kids other. then? Because they're really pretty yes. cool. All right, yeah. cool. We quit. Dibs. We'll like, spread Maybe them Maybe you out. can succeed where I failed, Brent. <laughs> yeah. Do a no, good no, job. A, yeah. Just make sure you're the one asking the questions. That's the. <laughs> you know what? They had asked me for gum, and I was like, after we record this. So oh, maybe they... Yeah. Snap. I was like, say nice things about mommy and mean shit about daddy. So here's your gum. It's all right, Greg. <laughs> My kids will throw me under the bus repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> over yeah. and over again. Yeah. That's what dads are for. Yeah. In yeah. good times, in bad times. It's okay. He's got nine lives like a cat, right? Yeah. They also said some pretty awesome things about uh, about both of you guys, which is pretty cool. They did. Yeah. And, and part of being a dad is, you know, being the focus of humiliation and that kind of. Yeah. Because we can take it. Yeah. We're tough. Yeah. Moms can't. We can't. We're, We're just strong, strong on so the outside. bare already that by the end of the day, if like someone looks at us sideways, we're either going to scream at them or just lie on the ground crying. Yeah. Dads get to come home from work and the kids are like, Dad, you're stupid. Ha 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 ha. I'm going to kick you. And dads are we're, like, well, all right. We're tough like cowboys. Yeah.
Teach me, tiger. <laughs> yeah, can we all do that? Everyone, one, two, three. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Next Guys. question. What was it like for you watching your partner go through childbirth? What was it like to see your kid be born? Were you all there at the birth? Yes. Yep. Two different questions. Is Going it? through childbirth and then seeing your child born. It's like, you know, fear, anxiety, and helplessness. Yeah. When you see someone in pain, you're like, yeah. and there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Really, you can, there are measures. Squeeze yeah. the hips, you know. Mm, or, mm-hmm. But really, like, you're like, fuck, I can't stop this. And then seeing the child born is like the complete opposite you know, just overwhelm it, like the most profound joy, almost like an ecstasy, like yeah. where you're just overwhelmed, crying. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing in the world that feels like that, that will ever yeah. feel like that. So. I'm getting all goosebumpy because I'm remembering being at Eli's birth. Yeah, that's right. It's just so magical. There. It's fucking amazing. Chris, what was it like for you? Well, Melody had a really specific set of things that she wanted at each birth and so she had her like uh uh like female partner type like uh different in both births but i felt like i didn't want to be anxious or or dampen the mood in any way so i pretty well kept a low profile throughout both births and i tried to be helpful but i I think i stayed out of the way for the most part Mm -hmm. i mean i was there but i wasn't uh trying to cheer you up or anything i feel like that's irritating to a woman who's in birth you just like i'm letting, letting you go through the process yeah i felt like if i was gonna come and be like you're doing great honey like i feel like you would have been like i i'm away no no touching i'm doing what i'm doing away <laughs> yeah were so, you nervous like i mean i was nervous that it was i mean i was nervous for for melody's health just because like you know it's a it's a difficult thing and we weren't at the hospital my mother i would say was much more nervous i was like melody's pretty tough it should probably be fine, and we're five minutes from an actual hospital, so I wasn't terribly worried. I mean, the first birth was really long. The mm-hmm. second birth was like there was no time to be worried about anything because Robin was born in like uh, a flash, couple of hours, like no, mm-hmm. and really only like an hour of hard labor. If I I honestly don't minutes, think I had hard labor. I don't him. know. It was just done. You, you it was like minutes. I had labor, and then all of a sudden we had to take my pants off or I was going to have the baby in my pants. Yeah. When yeah. Robin was being born, I was literally laughing hysterically because uh, it was like too much too soon. Like I was expecting this slow buildup of like 24 to 30 hours of birth. And it was just like, Whoop. it's done. <laughs> and the midwife wasn't there <laughs> no. until the very end. No, Chris nobody midwife. Was just, it was just you and me and Mel. Yeah. Chris, I remember your face when uh, Robin was born, when you first held him, you just had this look of, like complete and utter bliss. Like oh. you just look like stone nice. out of your mind and like kind of glassy eyed oh. and like super calm. Like mm. you just look kind of like stoned. Oh. It was amazing. Cool. Yeah. Probably the only, the biggest mistake that Melody would say I made was going to sleep. Cause I just straight up eventually went to bed with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was like 30 hours in and I was like, well, yeah. I'm going to catch some Z's. I don't know that you, understood though that i wasn't going to sleep at all that night yeah i don't know i just was exhausted and went to bed (laughs) and i knew that you had tamar and that she would not go to bed so (laughs) 
<laughs> My eyes are rolling so hard right now. <laughs> Tomorrow won't go to bed. Yeah, I found. I have to say, the labor was was really difficult because we mm-hmm. had a bunch of like really seriously traumatic births, yeah. and each one very different. Right. Uh, but each each one very trying, and you kind of have to be. In my, like for me, I had to be the rock, you know, as worried as you are and as scared as you are, you cannot show it in your eyes. Your partner is looking to you like, hey, is everything okay? I feel Am like I I'm dying. dying. Yeah. And you just kind of have to be solid and not not let your own fears or your own worries show through because then... Uh, I would have fucking freaked out if he looked scared. Like that would have been it. I needed... For the first three, like, Greg couldn't be away from my face for, like, a second. I was like, you fucking keep looking into my eyes. Holy shit. See, for me in labor, I want to put my head in the sand. Like, I actually don't want help from anyone. I just want to, like, focus on not, like, hurting so bad, kind of. Right. And just get through it. So Chris was on actually on the nose with that one. Just, like, hanging back bringing drinks over and stuff yeah yeah well there was certain points where it was like what am i gonna do i'm not gonna do anything yeah i feel like that was the hardest thing like through all of it was that the roles are much more clearly defined for the woman in in the birthing process whereas like (laughs) you know like whereas whereas for the guys it's it it, at one moment one role is going to be what she needs and another moment another role is going to be what she needs and you know that really changes depending on a lot of different factors i mean even early labor and all of that stuff like you have to constantly be on your toes and you're going to screw up sometimes because you're going to be like, oh, well, last time you were acting like this, this is what you liked. And the la- mm-hmm. and then, but then this time is, is different. And you just constantly have to be aware that, you know, it's this- intuition. Like, yeah. You have to be really intuitive and really like you cannot plan. You make your birth plan and everything, but you just can't know what's going to go down or how, what she's going to need at yeah. any time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and good communication and um, like a thick skin, like a good communication being like, a does, thick this, skin. <laughs> does this still feel good? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. knowing that it's going to change and it's not against you. If she's like, stop touching my back. It's because the baby's moved and it's going to hurt now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just for all the dads out there listening or, or potential <laughs> future dads, it's all just about communication. Like, does it, do you want me to do this? Does this feel good? Is this pressure? Okay. And if she just tell her straight up, like, if you don't like this, if this stops feeling good, tell me. That's a life hack, too. Just constant dialogue is usually a good thing in a relationship, no matter what you're doing. I feel like this is good advice for, like, dating, you know, like, maybe all men should sit in on a on a birth be a birth partner before they even get out into the dating field. A doodla. It's a good, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, Greg's nickname. like labor is not the time to take things personally. Right. Or have hurt feel. you know. No. Ever. It's like, oh, babe, I'm just trying to help. And she's like, fuck off, you know. Yeah. And you can't, uh, it's hard. You have to be like, oh, now I have hurt feelings. <laughs> but, yeah. Because I'm about to push a baby out You're not vagina. pushing the baby out of your vagina, so suck it up, basically. Yeah. yeah. Cash. But don't suck the baby back up the vagina. That's not good. That's no good. Keep that, pushing that it happened. up. That happened. I've had that happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's real. Cash. For Jenna and I, it was, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was pretty 
High stress times. Uh, my son Liam, uh, my second oldest, uh, he was born with uh, something called gastroschisis. It's uh, where your belly button doesn't quite close over, so part of your intestines are, are still on the outside. Mm-hmm. So he was born with this complication, and um, I really had to step it up for for everyone. Um, you know, and, and sort of just set my feelings aside, just like, uh, you know, the, the other dads on the panel have, have explained. Mm-hmm. Because really, when you go into a situation like that, it's, it's not about you. It's not. It really isn't. It's, it's about your partner and what they're going through and, and the way you, the way you support them. And if there's any, you know, particular time where, you have to be truly selfless. That's that's the time. That's the time when you have to be truly selfless. Because you were part of creating it. You you were part of the fun part. You know. So uh, you know when it comes to that. There's unfortunately there's uh, stressful times that come with it. And in the birth of my son Liam was really quite hard. You know, because he had to be in a paralyzed state for for a good good chunk of time, while his body made room for his intestines. Because as the baby grows, if it's normal, everything else grows with the baby, like at a steady rate. So when my son was born with this condition, his body essentially didn't have room for it. So. The idea of just stuffing it back in there really quickly was not an option because it would have it would have pushed on his heart and affected oh his uh, heart that way. So you know it was really quite serious, and for that whole time, I think it was about a month and and a half, going on two months. Wow. Um, for me, in particular, as a dad, I had to set myself aside. That okay. was just the reality of it. But you have to be there for those moments, right? Like, you you know, you have to be there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to stop here quickly. There's a bit of a trigger warning coming up. Our friend Brent touches on the loss of a child and the loss of a pregnancy. Uh, the next 10 minutes can be a little tricky to listen to, but they're also really beautiful and really important. So if you feel like you can't listen through, go ahead and just skip ahead about 10 minutes. One big thing that going into being a father and whatnot that I just really was never, never prepared for was the fact that like a pregnancy is not an assured child. You know, you get pregnant and people say, congratulations. Great. That's fantastic. It's all good. And there's actually a huge amount of people where that pregnancy does not continue. And I mean, there's everyone knows that because everyone you know, knows that uh, often people wait until, you know, three months before because Mm -hmm. most, uh, you know, the majority of failed pregnancies fail within the first three months, but a lot don't. So uh, for our experience, um, my second son, uh, Aurora, was born. um, He had passed away the day before he was born, and he was born about just over eight months into the pregnancy. So up until Sarah's final checkup at the midwives uh, for eight months. Everything was fine. The next day, she was doing just fine. She was swimming. She was feeling a little off. Then she noticed she didn't feel the baby, and I had to stay home with Anthony while she went to the hospital. Oh, no. And 
although it's a constant fear that your baby's not going to make it, that you kind of constantly tell yourself, like, no way. Like, yeah. maybe there's a complication, you know, maybe there's something there. And I remember when she left, we were talking about that, like, okay, maybe there's something going on, but she's going to go to the midwife clinic, check the heartbeat, it's, it's going to be all good, they're going to find it. And they didn't. I, I do remember, finally, the midwife had to call me and, and tell me that Aurora had passed away. And oh. that was one of those, like literal collapsing moments um, where you just can't, you know, handle it because you just never prep yourself. The world doesn't prep you for that. No. And then the fact that I wasn't there to support Sarah yet was brutal. Like, luckily I was there quickly. And then we still had to go through the birth. I was going to ask, so what was the birth like then? It was, it was really strange. It was a really, really strange environment because... There was still a job to be done. There was still something to, that needed to be happened. Um, normally, this is such a joyous time, and thing, yeah. and there's a lot of joy around. And like, it was, uh, it, it was tough, you know. And and everyone was ex- exceptionally good. And like, our midwives were unbelievable and really helpful to keep our mood up. But like for Anthony, for our first son, we had him at home. Um, everything was great. Like Sarah didn't have any drugs or anything, but for Aurora it was like, oh yeah, like just drugs, whatever, oh, yeah. go for it. It's not something you really want to feel. It was tough and it was hard and it was, and it was, and that was a lot of emotion and whatnot. That was another thing too that was like, for my job, like she had this job to do to to take care of herself and to make sure that this this happened smoothly and whatnot. And I was just on full emotional alert. What I realized too that is that as a partner, then you know, there's a lot about you know communication with the outside world. I, right. I ended up being that person, you know, explaining to everyone else what was going on because right. you really needed a lot of that. And I don't know, my whole takeaway from all of that was just that you know we we don't talk about this enough that pregnancy do fail, you know, things don't things go wrong, and you know that was the most amazing thing for me was that as soon as I started contacting the outside world about this, it was unbelievable how many people had had the same thing or something similar happen to really, them. Really, really. So many stories coming out of the woodwork. and, and People don't talk about it. People do not talk about it. Brent, I, w- I was going to ask you, were you able to hold him? Like, what happened after yeah. he was born? I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to hold him. Like, right. like just, just emotionally, um, it, was, it was tough. When he was first born, the midwives um, took him and we told them that we weren't sure like, if we were going to be able to hold him immediately and stuff. And they said, that's fine. And they, um, they dressed him and whatnot. And, and um, so then I did, I, you know, I was able to, 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 to hold him. And it was really nice. And it was really nice to have that moment and have the time. Like, and it was cool. Like, it was, you know, at first I was thinking it would be, you know, like I wouldn't feel any connection there. But like I totally did, and he totally, you know, it totally was was a nice experience, even though it was, it, you know, it was terrible. The one thing that for me that it's always changed is that I'm always excited when someone's pregnant, um, but I'm so nervous. Right, I'm right. So nervous, and I don't tend to want to show that. You know, right. so like like even when you were pregnant, I was so excited, so happy, but like so nervous. So and like aware. We, we're that. like always very much attuned to like okay how's all the babies doing in our lives you know right. like where we we kind of we're kind of a heightened awareness to that and like when we hear that they were they were born healthy and everything is like phew like and like we celebrate it it's it's yeah. a big deal right like yeah i don't know i think a lot of us share that those feelings brent um 
you know, especially with uh, my boys, you know, all of them had some sort of complication. My oldest, uh, starting with him, he had a he had a heart murmur, and you know, it it turned out that it wasn't gonna affect him. But you know, being a first time father, you know, any sort of complication is like whoa, okay. What can I do immediately? It's like, what can I do? Yeah. And then, you know, when you're in, you're put into a position where you, you can't do anything. It's it, the, the feeling of hopelessness. It, it's really hard to deal with. I know I felt that way with, uh, the pregnancies of my, my boys after my son Liam was born too. I found I was like hyper aware with my wife. And yeah. it's like, oh no, I gotta like I gotta be on my A game, you know. And and I found that's what it taught me to to just to be on my A game, not for me, but but for the situation and for my wife. Yeah. Uh, because you know, like it 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 becomes not about you. You no, know, you have to exactly. you have to really accept that what you're going through right now it's not about you and you kind of gotta set yourself aside and and just truly be a support you know uh but i thank you for that and and you know he's got a beautiful name you know regardless of whether he's here or not yeah you express that he has great meaning to you and that means something whether it means something to the rest of the world doesn't matter because it means something to you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Brian. No problem. Mm. No problem, guys. Thank you. <laughs> no, I think it's important to share. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's so much silence around it. And for sure, people who are listening have gone through stuff there's, as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like and it's, n- my, it's own, my own sister, for, for example. In my life, I know this is like... Uh, Sarah and Brent are the third couple, but my mother's best friend lost her first child in birth, and my sister lost a five month or like at her her first child, whose name I believe is Josh, at five months uh, was born premature uh, at maybe twenty one weeks or so. So I mean, that speaks to it being quite quite a common occurrence. Yeah, 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 and yeah, exactly. A lot of people have to go through it, and being aware of that is is a good thing. I mean. You don't have to always shout it from the rooftops, but really being aware is, is, is you know, it's always nice. Yeah, when I think about it, too, um, my my mother was supposed to have uh, um, a son before my oldest brother. who So, like, you know, I, it, it it's more common than yeah. we know, I think. Well, and credit to people, too. I mean, man, one thing that was really cool about about that whole process was the rallying cry from all of our like we had an amazing support team and you know i'm a pretty social person my my defense for it was to tell people about it and to share and it was a really big it was really amazing to get back from all of those people like wow like like you really realize how much people do care and people do love when you do share it when you do um you know let let those tough times out um, and and let other people share in your grief. It is it is amazing, you know, the responses you get, and it's very helpful. So you know, you know, we often talk about how thoughtless people are and how much people aren't thinking about these things. But when you do share it, it's a huge support. 
I know it sounds so empty to say I'm sorry for your loss, but, but like, so deeply <laughs> sorry. It was just the most heartbreaking thing to watch you guys go through this. And I was pregnant at the time. And say, so selfishly, no. when you're pregnant and you see your friends going yeah. through this, it's it's terrifying and they're grieving and you don't know how you can help them and you don't want to make them sad. You yeah. know, like it oh. was just oh, I, it was well, a really I, such a hard time for you guys. And it was just so heartbreaking to see you go through it. Yeah. We love you guys. <laughs> you too. Yeah. On a lighter note, <laughs> is there anything that you guys have learned from your father that you'd like to pass on to your kids? Or not pass on to your kids, actually. <laughs> so I think your dad really fucked up. <laughs> Chris? Chris Chambers? Oh, boy. Uh, my relationship with my dad is... is uh, I don't know how it is. He lives far away. Our relationship was tumultuous in my teens because he moved out. I share in his impatience that he had when he was my age... And I don't, I don't know. I think that I get a certain outlook from my father that makes me um, quite sharp, um, detail-oriented. I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with my father. I feel like it's not... <laughs> Fuck, this is too personal. It, no, it's, 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 what, really? You're sitting beside Brent saying yeah. it's too personal? Come on. I've, I've, never, out, I've, I've never felt a deep connection with my father. Maybe that makes us both shallow. I don't know. I don't think so. No. no. Yeah. Like he, you said, he left right. your family home when you were, what, 12? Yeah. And obviously if it got to a point where he left, that it wasn't like everything was super duper right up until the day he left. There must have been things happening yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. My dad was super fun when I was little and then not fun when I was older. Right. Uh, he became quite depressed in the late 80s. But, like, you know, my dad used to wrestle with us. And he, the, our relationship changed when he refused to play with us at some point. That, mm -hmm. that probably where it changed. So, I don't know. I, I don't know what I learned from my dad. He never taught me how to build things like he does. You know what, though? I sort of know. like his legacy in not being there when you were a teenager was that your mom foisted onto you this Right. role of being kind of like the dad of the house in a way and as a result yeah. you were extremely practical and handy also self-directed i guess yeah the, there's a there's a just a tendency in me to just sort of direct my own activities towards whatever i want to do and make the most of whatever i'm doing rather than relying on anyone else so it's kind of like he taught you all these things by lack of being there <laughs> yeah. to teach you maybe, maybe, you know yeah, it's know. like you maybe, had to learn yeah. these skills made you teach it yourself Brent? Uh, well, my dad and I did spend a lot of time together growing up, and we did a lot. Um, I would say that one thing that he did a lot, like I was the youngest of four by quite a lot. My closest sibling is seven years older than me. And my dad was a very handy guy growing up. He loved sports. He loved playing around and whatnot. But he worked all the time and was gone, gone a fair amount as well. Uh, we did do lots of things together. I guess the thing that he taught me the most, and it's most currently in my mind, is that he did teach me how to build things. Because, and then we just built my house together, um, oh. my dad and I. And I mean, that would be the coolest thing if I could ever build a house with Anthony. That would be really, really cool. 
because it was really cool. I mean, it was frustrating at times, <laughs> um, uh, but it was cool to 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 work on a project like that with your father and have that time together. It was it was very very cool, and we were able to yeah go through a lot of things and experience a lot of things and even though he had been a very handy guy growing up like because i was the young one i didn't actually get to help him as that much or or learn all that much of that stuff and so it was cool to go through that cool what about the folks on the other side of the table um i think it's like mel kind of joked about at the start there are things you learn that are great that you would want to pass and then you learn also from what you feel maybe that you missed. I think probably everybody could say they want more from their dad. You know, dads are like a very special breed of humans, kind of like mysterious, you know, who is this person? And even saying that eventually you grow up and you, you think outside of your adolescent mind and you realize that your parents are just people with their own problems and their own experiences. Then you start to think about what you did get. And it like, it makes it all the more important, you know, and my dad was always really reserved kind of. So in a way, I just, I learned that uh, kind of quiet patience and pride that Mm -hmm. I always felt, you know, if I think back, you could, I could say, oh, I wish he did this more with us, or I wish he was more vocal or asked me about my school, you know, but, but he was always proud. He was always supportive and and that feeling wasn't lost on me and i think the the maybe the the biggest thing i learned from my dad was uh devotion his devotion to my mother you know and his respect for her it's unparalleled it's uh and if if that's if that's the only thing that i can teach my kids then then that'll be enough like that's a huge lesson for me and it has made a huge difference in my life for sure nice thanks dad Cash is you. Who is your daddy and what does he do? (laughs) (laughs) That was our dropping guest detail. (laughs) For me, this this topic is a little bit difficult because my my old man's gone now. Um, He passed in a rough way. I don't know if I want to get into that, but um, he essentially he taught me in his own way, I guess how to be a man and how not to be a man. Um, because with him, I learned how not to treat a woman. Growing up, he was not very nice to my mom a lot. Um, this is where, I mean, it's hard to talk about mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. side of him. It's two opposing, such opposing feelings towards someone. Yeah, it, feel. it is. It's really hard to talk about him because... He, you know, as as I got older, he became one of my best friends. Like I could rely on him for anything. He was my go-to. But uh, you know, I, I, of the positive things he taught me, like he taught me how to be very practical, dad, man. You know, whatever male role that is, he taught me how to be practical. Um, Inuit in general are pretty in, ingenious. Uh, we've had to be ingenious historically. Um, we've had to make our own tools. So I do a lot of things with my hands and I think that's essentially what he taught me. So I feel like I'm 
extremely useful that way. You know, I mean, that's kind of been historically the man's role in, 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 in Inuit culture. You know, and, and it's kind of translated all the way up to now. Um, in an environment that's so harsh, it's hard not to have sort of definitive roles. It really is, isn't, uh, an easy thing because, um, the weather is so crazy yeah. over there. <laughs> the extremes, the extreme cold we have to deal with it. <laughs> it takes over a lot, like, and, and it's hard on so many things. It's hard on your vehicles. It's hard on your home. You know, it's just hard on life in general. Yeah. So the, the practical skills that you have to acquire, it's just so important. You know, like, there's no... There's no auto shop or or a huge choice of them. Like there may be one or two open, you right. know, and maybe one's on the verge of going bankrupt, right? So you know your 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 ability to be practical and and ingenious in in an environment like that is pretty important. And I feel like that's sort of what my dad taught me. And I don't know. I I find in a in a relationship too, you know, at least one of the partners needs to have some practical skills so i i feel like the those practical skills in life you know like as simple as they might sound i i feel like they're so important and i feel like he did a pretty thorough job in teaching me those skills so those are the skills i feel like my dad taught me I have some questions from some little pals of ours. Have a listen. So, why do dads um, really like coffee so much? <laughs> why do dads clean his ears out? Ears. And why do dads have to go to work all the time? Um, I want to know about why they get so angry. <laughs> Did dads get angry? Yep. Really? Does your dad get angry? Yep. Is it because you're naughty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why dad get dressed so so fast than me. <laughs> so, tough questions. Those are really tough questions. <laughs> why does daddy get dressed so fast than me? Yeah. I've always wanted to know that. And why, why do you guys clean your ears out? Why? Inquiring minds need to know. They need to know. Should we answer them? Do you guys clean your ears? We have anyway. dirty ears. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, From I listening can... to your filthy kids all day. Yeah. We need to... Uh, I, clean, I clean Anthony's ears. I don't clean my ears. Yeah. <laughs> Are your ears full of sawdust? Yeah, oh, actually. <laughs> What's I get, that? I, can't I get dressed so fast because uh, I don't care about my appearance. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have the time to do anything else. Then I got to go help them get dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fast because I wake up beautiful. Oh, oh yeah! Catch a glamour queen. Can I change Hashtag my answer to that woke one? like this. Woke Whoa. up like this. <laughs> I just woke like this. What was that, Brent? Can I change my an- answer to Kaj's? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Same for me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a very good-looking crew in here today. We I do. We're going to take lots of selfies at the end of uh-huh. this. So just FYI. 
Nobody answered the coffee question, though. Yeah, why did dads love coffee so much? Because I wasn't allowed to drink it as a kid. <laughs> mm. Is it right. so you can have coffee breath? All dads have coffee breath. Ew. Actually, Holly once asked me, I said, oh, I just need to go get a cup of coffee. And she said, why? Because you want your breath to smell bad? <laughs> Burn. Burn. <laughs> Greg, why do you love coffee so much? It's just something reliable to look forward to and, you know, focus on for a few minutes before yeah. you have to think about anything else. Everything else. Yeah, everything else. I like it because it's like a legal, socially acceptable drug I can use first thing in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No yeah. one judges you. For and yeah. it tastes coffee. good. Yeah. And, yeah, and it tastes good. It tastes fantastic. Also, people find it hard to bother you when you're drinking a coffee. They're just like, oh, you're just having a coffee? No, that's no. I'll come back. It's fine. That's just, true. You get like about a four-minute leeway where you're like, okay, just, you're, yeah, no, it's fine. Finish mm-hmm. your coffee. Do your your kids know that rule? My no, my, my kid doesn't know like, that rule. I feel rule. like since in, in, oh, general, just in general, you're just like, people. honey, I'll be even with the kids. I'm like, daddy's just having a coffee. You know what it's like. Give me a minute. <laughs> you know what it's like, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. Go play with knives. I don't know. <laughs> Here's some matches. Go play in the rug. I don't know about you guys, but my introduction was with Jamaican Blue Mountain. It's phenomenal. I, I fell in love when I first drank coffee. For real. You fell in love. Yep. The rest is history. It Jamaican is. Blue Mountain, is that a type of bean? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Let's wow. get on it. That's, that's a fantastic yeah. name. Jamaican me want a coffee, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Um, that brings us to, Greg's got a little joke that I'm obsessed with currently. Can you tell it, please? Please, please, please. The Jamaican joke, well, please. Uh, did you hear tomorrow is International Jamaican Hairdo Day? No. I'm already dreading it. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Isn't that great? Tell Anthony. I love it. Oh, yeah. He would like that one. I told it to my mom recently, but she responded, oh, my God, is it? Thanks for giving me the heads up. And I was like, "Uh, but I'm I'm dreading it already. And she's like, oh, why? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brenda. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving on. All right, guys. We have a rather serious question. Okay. So we have two questions left. Just so we can. I feel like we haven't so been know. very serious this <laughs> yeah, entire this has time. Been really we should really <laughs> try, to, try to calm it down. Yeah, serious it up here, guys. Yeah. Come on. And some of this we touched on a little bit already. Yeah. But the person who sent it really she's needs us to. Ask you know this what? Question. She's disgruntled, and a lot of women are. Yeah. So let's hear what she has to say. Bring it. Okay. <laughs> this came to us from Invisible Housewife. Invisible housewife. Hi, dads. Well, this generation of men are much more involved in parenting than ever before. There is still a tremendous gender discrepancy in housework and the mental load of running and managing a family. Every woman I know in a heterosexual relationship is doing way more than their share, and it's usually completely ignored and devalued. How have you addressed this issue in your family? It's a learning process, you know? It takes, like, a ton of communication and, and compassion, and that's on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't hide behind the defense of, oh, well, you didn't say anything, or, oh, you didn't ask. Right. And so, well, you know, it is important to ask when you need something, but right. it's also important not to stand around waiting for it. Right. You know, you have to learn to read people and, and think about their needs, and and that selflessness that we've been talking about, that, that doesn't end, really. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, fucking hard to be... At home with a bunch of kids. 
Yeah. And to, you know, the kids aren't going to thank you for it. That's for sure. <laughs> is it ever? We, we did talk about it a little bit earlier, but it is a, like, I went into becoming a father with, with that, at, like, as my biggest fear, essentially, um, that I did not want that to happen. And I was going to do my utmost for that uh, not to happen. And yet it's still started to happen. You know, my partner up till that point was this super strong woman, really capable. She was able to lift anything that I was able to lift. She's just as strong as me. Um, we had a relationship where we didn't have those same prejudices. And I felt like we were a really good team and we were going to be able to take this on. And still, then baby comes along and, um, you know, then she, she's breastfeeding because the world's telling you that breastfeeding is the best thing for it and for, for a child. And that's good and that's great. But like, all of a sudden, then, even if I wanted to be the stay-at-home parent, which we talked tried to it for for a while, um, at that time she was going to school. I so it worked out that I needed to work. I needed to make money, so I had to go to go, go to work. And all of a sudden, I found myself in this position where I'm working forty hours a week. I'm um, you know I'm thrust off into the the regular world, and she's having to be home. And then even when I can be you know take the time, take my weeks, take my months off and spend the time with the baby when she's away from the baby she has to pump milk um sitting in a bathroom stall because people don't you know like want to want to watch her pump milk and we can't afford a really amazing pumper so it's going and that's what she that's her experience when she's away from the baby whereas when i'm away from the baby I don't have that. You're I don't. Fully away I'm fully from away from the baby. I'm fully able to like separate myself. My hormones aren't going nuts and going mm-hmm. crazy. And so even with all of the things, like, like even with like going into it, fighting for that not to happen, it still all of a sudden is happening. Like she's doing, she's at home more because it's easier for her to be at home than it is for me to be at home right at that moment. And I mean, I feel like after babyhood, you're able to like rejig that and whatnot. But mm-hmm. often, then once you already have a settled career, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, you know, the mother could go back to work. Um, but because the father's been able to keep working, it's they have he's a, making the money. They, they, he's making more money than if she goes. So then it's like, okay, practical decision. Let's stay with this. And all of a sudden, you're in this you know, in, in this issue. Now, personally, we were able to do some switching back and forth, but like, basically you, we just had to continue talking so much about this and we still mm-hmm. always do. Exactly. Yeah. That's the the big danger is for the communication to break down and then resentment grows, you know, and resentment is, it's just Poison. fucking toxic. Like it festers and over time it just gets mm-hmm. worse and worse. And then you have a serious uh, situation on your hands. So if you can avoid that, but I think this time is very like, it's a new landscape for a lot of people and it's really tricky to navigate. And we're all just kind of figuring it out. You know, the old model is gone. I mean, like traditionally the village, you know, where there were aunties and sisters that's gone. And then the nuclear family, which is, you know, definitely not a healthy example because you've taken away the village and now you have the mother and the wife who is super isolated Mm -hmm. and having to do all of these things in high heels with a smile. And like, that's gone. Thank goodness. But now it's like, 
who's making the money, you know, what are, what are our responsibilities to each other and to our kids. And it's a really, uh, it's really new, I think for, for our society. And it takes a lot of, a lot of dialogue and a lot of thoughtfulness and, um, it's just a work in progress. Like you can't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't just figure it out and then everything's great. You know? It's going to be easier for our sons and daughters than it is for us. I just wanted to say a quick thing about um, mental load. Like that's a really big deal. I know I really struggle with that. Not just like your actual workload you're doing or whatever, but the mental load of like, okay, who's keeping track of who has school plays, appointments, uh, play dates, babysitting, like just say, I want to work, that's fucking fine and dandy, but for me to get to work, and not necessarily me, but, like, usually for the woman to go to work, okay, she's still got to get the kids ready to go, like, get all the baby child care set up, all the phone calls, whatever, for child care, be on call in case kid gets sick at school, get all the snacks and the diaper bag and whatever, and often she's also the one who then leaves work early to pick up the children at said child care. Like, there's so much... And then has to get her own ass to work and figure and and mm-hmm. separate her brain from her kid for twenty minutes to figure that out. Anyway, all this mental load is so so much. Even like who needs new shoes coming up? I got to pull out the winter set. Like it's constant. But also to really acknowledge that society plays it that way. Like even I'm like quadruple booked for this evening, and I'm totally fucked about it, and I and I haven't even dealt with it because I'm so overwhelmed. Because everyone gets in touch with me and is Sarah like. Do you want to come for dinner tonight? Sarah, can Penny have a sleepover? Sarah, can, you know, in society, we do that. We get in touch with the woman and we perpetuate that the men right. can't organize and plan. Right. And then it makes the men not be part of our community of planning and organizing. You wouldn't even know who to, I was like, get a play date for Leon. You wouldn't even fucking know who to call. You don't have the Facebook connections or whatever. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have, I have a comment for this. Please, please. <laughs> because... Up until Anthony was three, I was working full time. And then um, we moved here to Perth. And the plan was that when our second son was born, I was going to look after both boys and um, and Sarah was going to be able to work. Yeah. And so um, our second son died, but we still wanted to go through that plan. And so I, I started watching Anthony. And so until he... Uh, was four and a half. So it was like, it was like a year and a half. I was stay at home dad. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it was like a big swap. It was a big flip. And like, it was crazy how after like a year, I was starting to complain about those same things because like when you're around the kids all the time, when you're around them, when you're thinking about it, you're, you are constant. You have to, in order to survive, you have to, have all of these things going Ducks on in, in your head. You what snacks have... are you going to make yeah. later that day? Yeah. Like you need to fucking know. And everything. I was even starting to get like protective of doing that because mm-hmm. it's like I know I know when he's doing this. I know when he's doing that. I know right. when he's and so like even Sarah would be like, oh well, I can do this and I can do that. But like no, I can do that. You know, I would still get like an arms and it was like and it was a very it was a neat case study because we had literally gone through the exact opposite mm-hmm. thing right. as well. And it was it was funny to just see that, wow, that might not be as much of a mom thing, as much of it is like the stay-at-home parent Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And 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 you do. You 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 know, I knew all of the the moms at playgroup then and I knew all you know, the I knew and, uh, I had the connections. Who and knows stuff. what and, like, gymnastics class is good. Yeah. And even like Mel, you would start calling me more right. to book play dates with Anthony or whatnot yeah. than you would call Sarah, even though Sarah was your original friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um because yeah, because of that. So like I mean we definitely I mean it happens to you whoever is the child. 
provider. Yeah, yeah, minder. Well, recently I suggested because I tend to stay out of the children's affairs, <laughs> but I what what happens is what was just being described is you sort of get out of the loop. But I recently said, "Hey, Mel, I'm going to have to get a job in the fall, or I could take Robbie." during the day and you could get a job um, if you wanted to mix it up because I feel like the best way for me to kind of get into this world is the the same way I do everything, which is just to throw myself in blind and then scrounge around until I figure it out, (sighs) which is pretty well how I live my life. (laughs) I think it's a healthy practice for anyone who isn't in the home. And I, I mean like Brent and Kaz are actually at home, which is incredible and I've been at home for periods, but mm-hmm. you switch it up for like a minimum of two weeks so you can see how fucking hard it is <laughs> and how annoying your one, kids are. One day. How <laughs> insane, you know, like it's you go insane. And then like at the end of two weeks, there's 17 loads of laundry you haven't done. And your kids are eating macaroni and cheese every night. And you just like, it's really eye opening, you know, it really yeah. opens your eyes. Yeah. It's such hard work. It's so undervalued. I need my eyes opened. I really do. It's really lonely. That's something that is one of the most, like, all the work. People know. Like, you don't really know until you're immersed in that situation. But what I think is important, too, for the the dads out there or the partners that aren't the stay-at-home partner when they get immersed in this is to really feel the emotional implication of being, like, at home with little people who aren't adults, who don't listen. Like, you almost feel like you're being, they're, like, are they gaslighting me? Like, what's? <laughs> am I fucking crazy? Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a strong support group, like for our first three kids, I didn't really have any friends or any support group. And it's just, it's even now with my close, dear friends and neighbors, it's very lonely and it's mm. hard. And it's hard to have children um, talk to, like treat like shit yeah. all the time and stuff. It's this it's thing of like, of it's your role and it's your job as a stay at home parent to be there. And it's like kind of your job to keep everything in order and keep the house clean and keep the kids fed and know what needs to be bought in terms of groceries and what you're running out of and what you're going to need for next week. And kids clothes. Yeah. And like, do they have any shorts that they can wear next week? No, they're out of shorts. Okay. So we need to wash all of that laundry and then we need to sort it and put it all away and when the partner's at work and your job is defined by all of these little things and you can't do it, it like it, it, it feels really like kind of shameful. And the things that you do, nobody really notices because it's like it's just up snacks, making sure you have snacks like nobody is paying attention to that. And like we mentioned earlier, kids certainly don't say thank you. <laughs> and then if your partner is off working um, their job. Uh, cause staying at home is a job in and of itself. It's just a really fucked up, crazy job with no, uh, remuneration. Is that the word oh I'm looking for? Oh my God. Preach Retribution it. is what I want to say. I know that's the yeah. wrong word, but maybe that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> what is the word? Remuneration. Remuneration. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was an, an economist recently who tried to put a dollar figure on housework yeah. and how it relates to the greater economy. And it, it's astronomical, you know, like billions and billions. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's so huge. There's so much. And, and I mean, you know, as that person too, when you do get a thank you from your partner and whatnot, you, you'll almost, I, I hate to say this, but it, you're almost like, 
you don't even count that because it still doesn't make up for all the things that you're going through. And so you're like, you get the thank you. You get the like, like wow, you're doing amazing. You're like, yeah, whatever. I got to focus on all this other shit that I'm doing. Yeah. Like in being by yourself for so long, you almost start to silo yourself a little Absolutely. bit, right? You know, and, um, and so you hoard these responsibilities. Yeah. yeah like you, you resent them, but you're also very protective of mm-hmm. them. Well, you know? because like, they identify as Mel was just saying, you're, your self-worth is based on these actions gets yeah. distilled mm-hmm. down. And if you're going to work, then your self-worth is based on like your mirror is other adults who can be like, great job. You did good today. Here's a raise to show you. Here's right, money right, right. to show you and other people talking to you and telling you when you're at home with your children, your mirror are these little people who are like, I hate you because my eggs are scrambled and not dippy. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Stop pulling my and, hair. Yeah, trying to comb it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no reward. There's no like monetary reward or like you can go somewhere and be like, I just got a raise or this is my job title. You're like, oh, I did three loads of laundry today and kept my kids alive. So there's also a power struggle tied up in a lot of relationships tied up with the fact that one partner is bringing in the money, you know, and then the other partner spending it. Right. Right. (laughs) Everybody is. So there's that too. I think that's part of where she's coming from. Like, you know, you feel so undervalued because like you're feeling guilty almost about being at home, doing all this work and you can't even get your work done. And then when your partner comes home, they're tired. And so they can go to bed and you, you still have to, I can get up with well, the and maybe and you didn't get like dinner ready or something, and if you, even though like it's not like your partner would get upset with you, but you're like, fuck, that's my job, and I didn't even do it. I oh, can't man. even do my the job. Guilt that you feel, eh? Like if you feel like you failed on something like that, no matter how supportive they are, yeah, yeah, um, you still are just like, oh, like. Well, I, if you I'm fuck just, up I, at yeah. work, like your real day job, you go to work, you fuck up, you drop a window <laughs> or something, it's like. <laughs> kills you you're like oh my god i fucked up oh i'm the worst and you question your ability to do your job yeah yeah but as a parent you do that seven thousand times a day so i don't know well as dads can i ask you do you guys have any advice for her she's in the situation where obviously she feels really upset about the fact that she's doing all this work and it's not recognized by her partner how does she bring him around because he's working really hard but she's like miserable, right? So how, how, they're both miserable. How do you deal with that? If they're both miserable, then just ride it out. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there are points. But but she feels undervalued by him. You know, like yeah. And it and sounds like it might not that, be sustainable. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think that's you can ride that out without without some damage. Yeah. Being done in the relationship. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, well, I, I think I think you know you know I mean it seems like a bit of a cop, cop out, but like like the communication for that is is mm-hmm. uh, is the best thing you can possibly do. I mean, one thing I think that we've really covered well here is the situation itself really breeds these scenarios. And it's not necessarily the people involved. Right. Like the people can be well-meaning and and loving, and still this is going to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Keeping that in mind and um, and then trying to have those conversations that are not easy. And it is especially hard. And I know this, too, because we're we're in a period of our lives right now, which is extraordinarily busy and we have time for nothing Mm -hmm. um, that it is hard to to not have those frustrations Mm -hmm. and not and not not be furious about it. 
I think one thing that I've been doing a lot lately because we've been really busy is acknowledging that it is okay to be really frustrated with the situation. It is a frustrating situation. That's okay. Be really frustrated. Be really pissed off. Then put it aside and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, allow yourself to feel that frustration. It is frustrating. That's okay. And then, okay, let's try to put that aside and work, work, work through it. But give yourself the time to just fucking lose it because yeah. that is good. I mean, you know, like it, 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 these situations are ridiculous. They're so hard. They're like so inhuman. To, so you can like to acknowledge that. It is stupid, all of the work that you're doing. Yeah. And it is, it is okay. And I think the only way to get through it, too, is to talk about it. Totally. Well, it's complicated because it, uh, I'm sure most of the time, both parties are feeling a lot of the same things. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I go and I work all day and I come home and then, like, where's, then where's my things? You know, like, where's, yeah. and then this person's at home thinking the exact same thing and you're getting, fucking nowhere yeah so just to recognize what each other is doing and show some appreciation for that i think is a big start yeah absolutely uh it's a good place to start i feel like mel and i try and thank each other quite frequently for what we do i think that's part of our relationship isn't it yeah i think so yeah but it's also about thanks chris for saying that (laughs) (laughs) thank you chris (laughs) another thing i have to say is is sacrifice you have to make sacrifices. You know, like... As a dad? There's so much, just as in any Everybody, relationship. Yeah. Because you get home from work, say, and it's like, oh, I got to do this. I have to clean this thing or I have to set this up. And it it comes into, like, raising your kids, too. You know, there's you could be busy all day. But when you put something aside and spend half an hour sitting down with your child and being extremely present... It makes a world of difference, you know, mm-hmm. and you're still going to be able to go do that thing later. Yeah. And then you have to do the same thing for your partner. You're like, I'm sorry, babe, I can't right now. But no, no, no. Like, stop what you're doing. Grab the fucking baby. Take the kid or just even if you're going to get groceries, put the kids in the car, take them with you, give them a break, you know? Yeah. Like, you're a whole new woman and you get back. I have another yeah. tip. Bone yeah. a lot. Because... I will speak for Chris and I both. Uh, every time tip. we bone, we have like a honeymoon period for a for few days, days. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, having that physical closeness, trying to maintain that physical connection with your partner, I think is really important. To so keeping, hard with kids to around seeing, too. Right? It is, it is. Put, but you have, you have to, to put the work in to make that like, happen. We're right? people yeah. partnering up with other people. We have to remember to like think of our partners as people with feelings and wants and desires and frustrations and you Talk become really tactful, let me tell you. <laughs> you really do. And you have to, like, you know, I, I have I have five boys, you know. I think I have the most children out of the whole you panel. Do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You win that award. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, like, you know, just to weigh in on Invisible Mom's uh, question, the, the way I've been able to, to deal with... Um, you know, sort of the the balance in the workloads at home. You know, because it is it is a it is a tremendous workload. Like, am am I not right, guys? Like, it, it's a huge. Like, yeah. Brent, you you've been a, a stay at home dad as well, right? I've, I've done you, it. Yeah, you yeah. know the workload. It's yeah. serious. And I've you only know, done it with one child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean. 
I, I've had to do it with several, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think a dad really needs to live that, you know, to fully understand, you know, and I am not, it's nothing against the dads that haven't, but just to really have a thorough understanding, I think you need to put in that time. It's, it's just, it really is easier to develop that thorough understanding of this is really a delicate balance. It's like trying to balance on thread. Yep. You know? Yep. And, and you fall a lot. Yeah. You, you <laughs> certainly do. Like, I don't know. For, for me as a dad, it's been a tremendous learning curve developing, um, skills and coping mechanisms to be able to deal with that delicate Not balance. Kill your kids. Yeah, yeah. Not I mean kill your kids. So yes. like <laughs> I, I I feel for um invisible mom is it? Invisible yeah. yeah. has doesn't matter. I, I do. I I I'm just putting that out there. I feel for you because I've seen it too. Mm-hmm. Like this whole you know, stereotypical gender roles, you know, it's, it's so easy to fall into that, I think. And earlier on in, in my relationships, I knew, I know I was falling into that pattern really easily. And, 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 you know, I look back and I feel really awful for it. I do. So we're uh, all learning all the time. Yeah. And, and I just feel like invisible housewife's husband, if there was an opportunity to switch those roles, I think probably he would learn a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe perhaps develop, a, you know, a, a healthy appreciation for what happens at home. But, you know, to his defense, it's really easy to forget what is happening at home because you're not seeing it directly yeah. in front of yeah. you. He's obviously focused on... Uh, you know, what he's doing to uphold the household, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, financially, right? right, right. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I think, you know, some healthy reminders, perhaps about, you know, what, what actually happens at home. Like a day you know, in the life. Yeah, it, it might help. Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, this is just my, my artsy fart coming out, right? Maybe <laughs> perhaps she can... Well, maybe perhaps she can <laughs> go pro it, right? And, and really, oh. really show what's happening and, 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 you know, sort of show her husband what she does. Like the screaming toddler, the, the yeah. pee on the floor, yeah, the yeah, snack, yeah. snack, I snack. I love yeah. that catch. Yeah. You, you, you know, the, you know, the setup I am talking about, the yeah. one that goes yeah. on the head, right? Mm-hmm. Give him a real, you know, POV sort of. Uh, view of what's what's <laughs> actually happening you know so and and, and you know not, i don't mean doing it in you know offensive way where you know like this is what i do every day you know but just to show like in a healthy manner look please just don't forget this is what i go through every day please you know just try to understand and and appreciate what i do every day mm-hmm. you like know like what be- i do for you yeah and, and, and because it's you know i think like i said earlier with you know patterns you know it's so easy to fall into patterns and become creatures of uh you know habit. Um, yeah habit and 
don't forget the little things. Your your partner, they adore the little things. I I, I know that in my wife, she she know, she adores the little things, and that makes a world of difference. It does. <laughs> and and you know, going back to what the other uh, dad said previously, that emphasis on good communication. Holy smokes! Like. If there's anything to focus on in a relationship and, you know, the, the health of it is to really focus on the communication. Like if there's a breakdown, then there's a breakdown in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So communication, I, I think that for me and in my relationship with my wife and, and, and it's, you know, it, it's lasted 20 years. So. And and that going, right? listen yeah. to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I honestly, I'm not boasting. I'm just, I'm really mm-hmm. just telling the truth. If I didn't develop communication skills in my relationship, there, I wouldn't be here Absolutely. talking to you guys. Yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't yeah. still be with my wife. Yeah. A good so. communication hack with your partner. If you guys enjoy a glass or two, uh, fucking drink together, man. Put the kids to bed. Crack open a bottle of wine or whatever you're fucking drinking. Yeah. Sit down and drink it. Like, pretend you're two young people without kids who are drinking and chatting. And you get a couple of drinks in you and you're both jovial and you're not feeling and like angry parents. And then you can just chit, chat, 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 chat. And, and then you can bone. I was just And then you can bone. Yeah. And then you can yeah. bone. Yeah. Or I mean, <laughs> fall asleep fully clothed. Oh, preach it. Preach into it. Into bed because yeah. you have so many and kids feel and you're so totally tired. okay about not boning yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember yeah. when we talked about boning last night? We actually say that kind of often. Like, remember when we talked about the idea of maybe thinking of doing it? <laughs> was that hot? The baby woke up. That was so fucking hot. Another thing that's really easy to miss for people outside the home is uh, not just all the work that's done, but like the the side effects. You know, the the toll on the spiritual. And mental toll, and maybe if you're strategizing or or talking about it, it's a good place to start. But with Sarah and I found it was like, uh, what happens to your identity mm-hmm. and just feeling like a human being? You know, like what do you need to feel like a human being? How what parts of your identity are missing now that you are taking care of kids twenty four seven? And it, it's another thing that isn't really talked about, but it was, it was like. It was our biggest, it, it is, was our yeah, biggest. Yeah, because if you're isolated and overloaded and underappreciated, yeah. you know, and, and then you're all at the same tasks. time, you're struggling with who you are and who you used to be. And that person yeah. is gone now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can, like, if you, you can't quit your job, you can't, maybe you can't just take two weeks to switch places with your wife, but maybe you can talk about okay, what do you need to feel like a person? Or what are the things that you do sometimes that, that give you your sense of identity back? Yeah. And how can we, you know, how can we adjust and, and make sure that those things are happening, mm-hmm. that we're taking that time? And then for her, maybe to go to her partner and say, like, think about it, really think about it, digest that and say, like, okay, since you're not coming to me, these are the things that I need to feel like a person again. To get us back, I need to feel whole. And this yeah. is what I need. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do, but you got to do it. You will reap the benefits because mm-hmm. you will see them become, again, the person that they were, the person that you fell in love with. And it's yeah. like, 
you know, yeah. they become bright light again instead of instead of diminished as they were. Yeah. So it's only to your advantage, really. Mm-hmm. So, well, Sarah. Yeah. Do you want to read the next question? So our closing question, after all this invisible housewife and all these things, do you guys ever wish you were the mom? Yes. I have. I have wished <laughs> that I could lactate. On several occasions. Oh it's possible, Greg. God. Like, oh, that would yes. be convenient right now. Yes. So if you pump every day, it'll that, start to happen. Is that fucking real? Also, if you have multiple You're nipples, they can all That's lactate. No, no. no, it's true. I don't believe you. I'm going to fact check it. <laughs> fact check it. So there's this man, I think it was Sri Lanka, who had an orphan child, and he wanted to feed the baby, and so he let the baby suckle until he could produce milk. Probably not as much as a woman, but yeah, right. it is you possible. You need to make like the estrogen and shit to... like. Men have estrogen, too. I know. Not it's as much. true. It's yeah. true. So wow. like, Just like women have testosterone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I know that you yeah. guys have estrogen. We have, yeah. I just... To be fair, his milk was a bit gamey. It was a bit... Uh... <laughs> 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 you, when you tried it, like, what do, what do you think? What did you think of it? The child was Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. It was Brian Aaron's. Thanks, Brian guy. I I would say yes. I do. I do sometimes wish I was the mom, but I wish you could. We could take turns. Like, okay, yeah. you have this baby. I'll have the next one yeah. because you got your body ripped apart and had to go through all of that. Like, all right, now it's my turn. It's only fair. So you do wish you could do that. You totally do. You totally wish that you could be able to take that on and experience that. Because I mean, I know it's brutal and un- but like, but it's also but really it's also incredible. amazing and incredible, yeah. right? So. Yeah, that definitely happens. Work yeah. on it, boys. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't like. I don't think I've really given myself enough time to think about it too much. You don't have any time. It's because you don't you're have a stay-at-home any time. dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you are, Mom. Well, you know, in in essence, I have been afforded that, uh, you know, that opportunity to be a stay-at-home dad. So, you know, sort of in essence, you know, sans the, the lactating, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I do feel like I've been given the opportunity to, to be mom as well. Um, you know, I think it's, it's changing where, you know, the roles aren't so definitive now and, and mm-hmm. dads can do mom stuff and moms can do dad stuff and right. each other does has mm-hmm. the capability of doing them so well you right. know so um it doesn't have to be gender related no, no. It, it doesn't besides and, like the breastfeeding part yeah i mean there is ways around that if you're able to pump and things yeah which yeah. is and people without kids you guys out there you can help too because it does take a village you know and yeah. stay at home moms and dads uh, they don't ask they don't always ask. So just insist. Do the dishes, you know? Go over. Like Willa. Willa pops by, our friend Willa. She's like, Willa oh, Murray, hey. shout out. Willa Murray. She just pops in. Oh, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, huh, I, I can't really have a visit right now. I just, she's like, uh-huh, I'm just doing some dishes. And she like slams dishes for five minutes. And then she's like, see ya. And fucking leaves. And I'm like, what? Guardian angel. The world needs more Willa Murray's. Wow, yeah. that is amazing. I like her too. She's quite a character. She is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, yeah, Willa. and find the time to connect with your partner because it slips away yeah. so easily, and and you know, and you don't even see it going. And when you can do that, it'll make everything easier. You got to be a team. You got to keep sure that connection hug. strong. Yeah, that's where it starts, eh? Like the relationship is is what 
started all this. That's what made all these kids happen, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and you really have to keep remembering that. You know, you, that that is important, and you know, they're your partner, and you need to make sure that you need to, that that they know that and that that that's important. That relationship is important, and it does yeah. get forgotten. And you, yeah, you really that, yeah. Relationship, like that relationship is the base. Is yeah, the it needs to be foundation. You know, well, the kids right? are going to leave. It needs to be the most important. And you're still thing. with your partner. Yeah. Right. Like. Really? Right is that going to happen? Maybe. I think uh, something that couples really need to try and not forget is uh, what really, you know, made each other get, you know, the the heart pumping. Right. You know what? Try not to forget what absolutely excited you about your partner. Like, that's so important. Like, uh, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's so easy to f to forget, right? With, you know, the, the busy lives of today, you know. Like, we've had to evolve into these really busy beings. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, to be able to just sit back and say, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to, I'm going to relax for a bit, right? And in, in that time, I'm going to do my best to remember why I fell in love with my partner to begin with, right? Yeah. I, I, I try to do that. Do you guys have anything you want to plug? Kaj, plug it. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just <laughs> going to say, Kajuk is one of the most incredible artists in the land. I don't wear jewelry. I just have this one necklace that I wear sometimes. It's like very simple. Otherwise, I feel very uncomfortable wearing jewelry. I feel like I'm cross-dressing. So it's been years since I've been able to put on a pair of earrings that aren't like wooden plugs. Uh, and I, I want to. I want to wear jewelry. But I, I just... I, Genuinely feel like I'm cross-dressing. Mel knows about it. Mm -hmm. And then fucking Cadge came along. <laughs> oh my god! And I, it was Christmas time, and it was a Christmas party here. And Cadge gives Mel these earrings. They're baleen, for your birthday, I right? These beautiful emerald-cut baleen earrings made of whale baleen. What kind of whale? They're so beautiful. Bowhead. Bowhead whale baleen earrings. They're cut like big emeralds. They're so beautiful. And I was. I was instantly jealous, and I turned to Cash, and I, oh, my God, she's so lucky. Like, oh, they're so beautiful. And then he goes, oh, I didn't forget about you, Sarah. And <laughs> me some earrings. They're these white studs. They're like narwhal tusk yep. horn. Narwhal tusk. Tusk. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I wear them every day. They're, they're my go-to. I fucking love them. And then... For what my birthday, Greg got me another pair, and they're these like isosceles triangle. What are they? They're baleen as well. They're baleen. Oh yeah. my god! It's just like the simple beauty. The beauty is in the um, material. Yeah. Like he takes these incredible materials and just really emphasizes the material in in the piece, and they're just to die for. So. Go fucking check it out. Tell us about it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate oh, that. It's just something I I love. You know, it, I try to bring my passion through those pieces. And uh, 
check my workout uh, on Instagram. It's just Kajuk, uh, K-A-A-J-U-K. And um, again, on Facebook, it's just Kajuk as well, K-A-A-J-U-K. You're the only one who gets to just use their name <laughs> from Instagram. You're like I, Prince. Yeah, <laughs> but better. I feel lucky. I feel lucky. Um, uh, again, my website, it's just kajukkablalik.com, K-A-A-J-U-K, K-A-B-L-A-L-I-K. Dot com. Dot com, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah, put a the, link on our website as well. Thank you. You know, if you're curious and want to check out my, my Walrus work. whisker earrings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Best Mother's Day gift I gave my mom ever. She was, like, beside herself. Walrus uh, whisker earrings, guys. And Sorry. they and they were dyed too. I'm the only one really that does that that I know of. So, Beautiful. come yeah, check them out. Dyed walrus whisker earrings. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. They're so so cool. amazing. Brent, do you have any plugs? Um, I'm not Airplugs? typically very online social. I don't really have anything myself. Although I do work at a bike shop with two other lovely people, and uh, we post all of our things on the Facebooks, and um, that is at Heritage Bikes. Um, and yeah, we repair bikes, we do tours, we uh, refurbish bikes, uh, all in, here in the Perth area. And yeah, you can check us out there. Uh, Greg, do you have any? Any plugs today? Plugs? Care plugs, butt plugs. <laughs> no, plugs? no, but I uh, I love to hang out. I like Giant to, tiger parking lot again. Yeah, yeah. You know, come around, have a beer or something. I don't really. I'm not on social media. I I'm hiding from the CIA and the CRA right. and the FBI and the NRA and the, and NRA. the CIA. So I started with the CIA. Oh, whoops. Uh, so don't look for me because I'm not there. Yeah, very mysterious. He's. A, I often post uh, really charming photos of my handsome, beautiful husband on the internet for my friends to comment, lewd comments on. Because one of my favorite things in the world is to objectify all the men I know. So you're welcome, you <laughs> handsome devils. Bend over. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Hey, Chris. Hey. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, under Brook Valley Produce or, or Capital Aquarium or just Chris Chambers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Talking Crypto, <laughs> at Chris R. Cham- uh, Chris R underscore Chambers, I believe. And there's a picture of Captain Picard uh, as my emoji. So. <laughs> Worth the visit nice. just for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Little Right Crew. Dot art uh, and Facebook Sarah Wright. Check it out. I make art sometimes. Maybe I'll stick and poke tattoo ya. <laughs> Bendova. <laughs> it's Again. beautiful. Melody, where can we find you? You can find me at melodystarkweather.ca on the interwebs. I have art. <laughs> I have art. <laughs> I make the art. She hire her to make your art. She makes beautiful art. Can you, keep can, you can you go into more detail? Because I've noticed the lack of that detail on this podcast. Really? And, okay, okay. And, and I feel like, what do you I feel do like the world needs to know. What do you do? I do portraits, oh, um, primarily so in pencil and also in paint, animals and people. And right now I'm working on a pair of like formal portraits that are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, guys, the realism... That's it's awesome. unbelievable. Right? She, will take your, she will take your favorite picture of anything and turn it into just an amazing piece of art. That so is your just, favorite piece of art. Thanks, yes. guys. Agreed. 
hundred yeah. percent. It's a stand. It's like magic it with really colors. Yep. It's like HD. It's fucking just like HD. You're like, yep. this picture was 2D, and now this is a 3D painting. Like, how did you make this person look like you could see, like... That's not what HD stands for. Yeah, you, you Bluetooth it, yeah. okay? Bluetooth it. <laughs> just, hey, Google. <laughs> Bluetooth well, HD. thanks, guys. That's very kind. So next on, it's just Sarah and I, maybe our friend Justine, if she feels like coming on. Maybe another neighbor. Uh, we're going to be talking tricks. chickens. Chick, so we're going to teach you all about chickens, slaughtering chickens, slaughtering chickens, petting chickens, eating chickens, choking chicken, chickens, chickens doing it. Oh. I'm excited to talk about how they do it because it's kind of weird. Doing the chicken dance. Yeah. You guys are so white. I know, right? Yeah. That's accurate. So thanks again for joining us. We love you. Thanks so much for sending us your questions and helping us to make the show happen. Go to our website uh, to send us questions or call our toll-free number, 1-833-TEACH-US, which is 1-833-832-2487. As we mentioned earlier, we're looking for tales of dating disasters or successes, if you've had such a thing. Wild, I know. Um, And please send us your ghost stories as well. We're going to do a ghost story episode. Everybody here has to give us a ghost story. Ooh, I like that. Can't wait to hear them. And remember, guys, it's a jungle out there. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Teach me, Tiger, how to tease you. Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> we can't answer all of your questions. <laughs>